Alright, sir, what can I get you? What'll it be? Hiya, um, I'll just have a, a mojito, please. Oh, mojito. Don't know if I can manage that. Sorry, sir, we're fresh out of fresh mint. No mint? Uh, no, but okay, I, I, um, I tell you what, I could I could get you the house special. Hmm, how's that sound? What, how about a daiquiri? Strawberry daiquiri? <sighs> no strawberries, but honestly, you'll like this one. You'll like this one. Old family recipe. The okay, customers love okay, it. Sure. They love it around here. Listen, what I, I start here. Look what I, I've got a dash of child's whimsy, and I'm going to add to sorry, this. Sorry, what? Child's, child's whimsy. Child's whimsy, that's right. And here we've got triple filtered existential dread. Just a dash, just a dash, so it gives it a zing. I, I wanted and then a mojito. In this bottle here, we've got the ennui of a lonesome maggot farmer. How about a Long Island there nice tea? There it goes tea. in there. No, 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 no. Listen, a somnambulist dreams. That's the next really, part. We layer those on top. Look, I don't really want a somnambulist so dreams. Like, Where'd you get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this, this bottle here, very special. We get this imported. This is a caterpillar's ambition. And I'm just going to top it off, sir. I'm going to top it off with ice and tapioca pudding. There we are, sir. Enjoy. Right. Um, and what is it that you call this uh, cocktail? Oh, well, that's simple, sir. We call it... The Hypotheticals Podcast. Trend in the world for hipsters. Oh, People wearing trilbies and um, short trousers and drinking lots of coffee. Um, <laughs> knickerbockers. And, and knickerbockers. And drinking knickerbockers. But I want to know how. Is a knickerbocker glory something in a different country? That's what, something I'm curious about. We'll get to your question. It's in probably a, a euphemism. Um, <laughs> what I'm wondering is how we can make money out of these hipsters because, you know, there's a lot of them apparently. Uh, so. What will be the next big hipster trend that we can capitalise on? I like it. We've kicked off on an entrepreneurial foot. It doesn't have to be an entrepreneurial foot. It could just be a thing which naturally arises, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, the product doesn't have to be an entrepreneurial foot. No. But it could be. <laughs> uh, what, what, are, what are hipsters like? Hipsters like moustaches, yep. avocados, mm-hmm. uh, smoothies, coffee. Coffee um, in general, yeah. yeah. Hats. Micro-brewed beers cats bicycles micro brewed bicycles <laughs> <laughs> yeah organic iphones mm. only uh, grown in the fjords of norway and grass grass-fed apps yeah <laughs> that would be that would be my go my go-to i think because i love the irony of like on the one hand um hipster culture embraces and sort of adores old-fashioned technology you know like a, a guy sat in a, in a Starbucks, that most 21st century of things, but typing his screenplay on a typewriter, right? Is there anything oh, right, yeah. more hipster? That, that is a thing that I gather has happened. Um, but on the other hand, you know, they love iPhones. The, the, the design aspect, the overpriced aspect, I don't know what it is that appeals. But uh, in the vein of overpriced, I would like to produce an app for the iPhone. Um, have I ever talked about the app I Am Rich? I think I might have done. I don't think so. Have I not mentioned it? Okay, well, this is great. I think it's called I Am Rich. Um, it doesn't exist anymore. It was on the app store for, I think, a period of about six to eight hours, something like that. Uh-huh. In that time, I cannot remember how many hundreds of thousands it made because it cost the maximum amount that you could charge for an app purchase. <laughs> and Which was how much? God, it was either $9,999.99 or Whoa. it was 99000 I think it might have been $99,000. 
Wow. I could be wrong, but you know, go big or go home. And yeah, and that was it. Bought it. People bought it. And what did the app do, you may ask? It was it, it, it the icon was a little gem like a ruby and you you clicked it and then it just that was it. It just it just did nothing. I think it just played a haiku about how wealth was power or something like a poorly written, poorly translated <laughs> haiku. And that was it. It was for the purpose of demonstrating that you had money to throw away mm. on an app but, that didn't. But the nothing. thing is, hipsters, they're not about showing money, I think. Money no. is too too obnoxious. It's in your face. That's true, but then why the iPhone thing? Hmm. Because I feel, I, I feel like it would be somehow more hipster to still be cruising around with one of those old Nokia's with snake on. I don't know. I think I feel like uh, like the Samsung has has replaced the iPhone as the the hipster phone of choice. Do you think I, iPhone's too mainstream? So now it's had a shift to Samsung, but now Samsung's becoming mainstream. So maybe it'll be like one of those banana phones uh, will be the next step. <laughs> do you know the song Banana Phone? <laughs> I do. I love that song. <laughs> Anyway, listen, it's fine. We're going to fix it. The iPhone's heading out, not on my watch. And emojis, that's never going to save us. The iPhone 10, and they just bring out a way to freaking animate emojis? Not good enough. You need an app that all it does is it bricks your iPhone. <laughs> it just breaks it. Just destroys it, absolutely. It won't turn on anymore. Now you have a really well-designed paperweight. Oh, and it and... doubles as a paperweight. No one else would have that paperweight. Yeah, exactly. And it's the perfect, you put that in whatever phone case you want, get one of those nice ones off Etsy, and it's the perfect fusion of embracing uh, the iPhone for whatever reason, for its design philosophy or whatever, but then also old-fashioned technology, because you'd, you'd, you know, you'd have to resort to carrier pigeons or something. Mm. And you could, uh, yeah, display it as a piece of art, and it would yeah. show just how hipster you were. Although, if everyone started doing it, obviously it would... Um... Well, yeah, but I think that that might be the issue at the core of trying to find the new big hipster trend. Well, that's true. <laughs> any, any big trend in definition is uh, is not going to be hipster. I know, but that, that's the irony at the soul of the hipster, right? Because some these they, there are trends associated with hipsters, like the moustaches and the Starbucks and all the rest of it. But is there somewhere, is there an ideal hipster who actually has none of these things, who has gone unnoticed for, for centuries? Uh, <laughs> he lives in a cave platonic. and eats... A food no one's even heard of before, Tonga, and um, he he plays a fasathi drum. Well, I, I worry that he probably wouldn't call himself a hipster. He probably wouldn't even know. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's calling themselves hipsters, or other people are calling him hipsters, so he wouldn't call himself a hipster. <laughs> He'd call him something much more original. <laughs> he he doesn't know what language is. He knows words <laughs> no one else has heard yet. He, he just speaks gobbledygook. Yeah, it's just he's, he's he's just a crazy homeless man in a cave. Maybe that is the new hipster trend, is uh, just renouncing language altogether as being far too mainstream. Yeah, <laughs> I know, just I think... <laughs> reverting to your own mad, uh, made-up language, which no one That's understands. Good. And living in a cave. Yeah, well, living in a cave, people have done that for years, for centuries before. Right, but bringing back old stuff, like unnecessarily old stuff, that right. isn't very good at its purpose, that's hipster. You know, unicycles, they're, they're not functional, they're cool, but, you know, a bike will get you there. Yeah. I don't know. Are unicycles better? Are unicycles better and the only reason we don't ride them is because people think they look like fools? Well, they're a lot harder to ride, aren't they, than a bicycle. Well, is that the issue? It's, a, it's an issue of skill. Yeah, really? and steering it is quite difficult because you don't have handles, do you? You've just got to kind of use your hips, I think. That is true. I've seen a guy crossing like a... Uh, as a pedestrian, not as a... You know, not on the road. But yeah. I've seen a guy crossing one of those 
like quite a busy intersection on a sort of high street where three roads could join and it was terrifying because he to stop himself from, from speeding off into the road he had to just lean and and help hold himself with his hands against the the post and i was just like what if there's no post man you want to cross the road i guess you get off it i guess you're never <laughs> careening along so fast yeah you're you not glued stop. to the unicycle no, that's true, but they don't—they don't have brakes, do they? No, but you just jump off. I think is the idea. I don't think Fair you can enough. pick up as much speed on a unicycle as you can on a bicycle. There, but there we go. Yeah, it's an issue of uh, of speed and efficiency, I guess. They're cool, but I don't know. Maybe we can improve the unicycle. Is there? Can you get apps for unicycles? There's got to be something we can. I do. think the way to improve the unicycle would be to add another wheel. <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> been done. Maybe that's the new trend. It would just need to be a triumph of marketing. You could market it ironically, perhaps. The unicycle no clowns uh, would dare to ride <laughs> the bicycle. <laughs> twice the unicycle your grandfather rode. Oh, maybe you could call it the twicycle so people wouldn't notice. That's good. Yeah, twicycle. Solid. Two unicycles attached together. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, like a tandem unicycle. A tandem unicycle, yeah. Although that implies two riders. And that is just a tandem, isn't it? Can you imagine a tandem unicycle? Yeah, it's just a tandem. Well, no, because there's a chain on a tandem, right? Right. The same way as on a bike. So you cycle and you're kind of accumulating momentum to drive the wheels. But like, if the wheel is already going at a certain speed and the other person is pedaling a bit slower, the pedaling just isn't doing anything. Yeah. Like it's picking up slack in the chain, right? Uh-huh. So you're, it's like you're both contributing to a maximum speed. But <laughs> unicycle, those pedals are connected directly to the axle of that wheel. You yeah. go one rotation per pedal rotation. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you've got two people competing. It's like one of them's like, no, nah, time to slow down. And the other one's like, nuts to that. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Also, would they, would they be fixed in axis, like facing forward? Because one of them would have to be able to turn. Or would both be able to swivel in place? So you'd have this sort of mad wobbling contraption. Ooh, frightening. Yeah, because how else do you steer? There's no handlebars. There's no... In a, in a, in a bicycle tandem, you naturally defer control to the driver mm. if you're in the back seat. But what if you both drivers? swap periodically. Then that's it. Yeah, it wouldn't... You wouldn't be fixed in a line. You'd just be... It would be two connected unicycles. I feel like you'd need to be able to swing parallel in order to... <laughs> so what we're talking about is basically the tricycle is two unicycles attached by a rope. There we go. That's it. Next hip, big hipster trend. It's all organic materials. It's hemp. Uh, they've all they've all been upcycled. Mm. We just upcycled. you know we find some yeah we find some rusty old units. That's a real word. You're yeah, and we cycle them up a hill. Oh, <laughs> there we go. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. Wow. There we go. We're gonna make a million. Yeah. Uh, this is this is kind of a tangent, but um, I'm gonna go Tan- tandem tangent. Tandem tandem. Um. So music is quite a big thing in the, the hipster movement, I would say. Uh, true, true. It's sort of associated with discovering bands, which not many people have heard of, and being like, oh, this is my favourite band. Oh, you wouldn't have heard of them. And then when they get popular, the stereotype is that they disown the band and move on to someone mm-hmm. else. Um, they, they so to enable this, what I think would be a good idea is to have a stage where if a band, which is playing, has too many people listening to them live, if they, they're selling tickets on a rolling basis as the event goes on, if they sell too many tickets for one specific band, the stage lights go out and the band has to walk off and that's the end of the set and the next band starts. That's good. Someone that no one else has ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. yeah, as popularity increases, as people seem to like it, as the kind of volume of people in the... the uh, 
<laughs> volume of people in the the revenue grows, then they get cut off. And that's it. They just get evicted. Yeah, you're not in danger of liking a band that too many people like in this instance. That's good. So as soon as the record execs start getting excited, yeah. As soon as like it looks like something might come of this, you're like, nope, nip that in the bud. We don't want any of that. Let's bring out these nobodies that nobody likes. Mm. And you could apply this to, uh, to let's say, like Spotify as well, or iTunes. Too many downloads, too many listens on Spotify. Oh, it's gone forever. You can't listen to it anymore. I like that. Well, I think that's interesting on a couple of levels, because on a digital platform like Spotify, it becomes a little bit like the Disney vault, where they, you know, like, oh, you can't buy that film for a while. I don't know if that still applies. It used to be a thing back when there were, like, videos and DVDs. I don't know about that. I think it, it still might be. Certainly in terms of... Uh... In terms of streaming services, it has quite a tight leash. Yeah, no joke. And they're, they're clearly making a mint. Disney know what they're doing. So Spotify could do that. It could just, you know, cycle bands out. Like, oh, the killers, they've been chopping the charts for too long. Like, they are out. Um, and they're better you wheel them back in in a couple of years when people have forgotten. Yeah, exactly. That could work. And, and also, life. that would be a lot cheaper because you don't have to pay all these royalties all the time. And you don't have to host all the data on your cloud. And thank goodness, because you're not making any money. No one's listening. <laughs> no one listens to the killers. <laughs> <laughs> or it's been spread too thin. Like, maybe the thing is you just churn out. You give all those guys in the, you know, playing in their garage, like, a chance, finally. Hmm. There's no threshold, like, you need to be above this level of popularity or we don't care. No, you let everyone onto the service. Yeah. And then... But you've got to but, play but... A, a careful balancing act if you do want to kind of make it, <laughs> make it medium on this service. You don't want to make it big. <laughs> you don't. But um, it's yeah, you've got to kind of get just popular enough and then maybe make an offensive comment uh, or something disparaging. Uh, to decrease your ratings. Towards a certain um, class or group and then decrease the ratings again so that you're never Some kicked off. Some artists already do that. Some artists alienate their fans after like a couple of albums. They get cocky. They're trying to appeal to their true core fans, which are people who have only just discovered them and don't want anyone else to know about them. Yeah, and racists. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, we're not equating the two. Let's be careful. Yeah. But in a live venue, I'm interested in it because this is kind of like a reverse battle of band scenario. You can't you can't have the traditional setup of like here's your concerts advertised in advance, your headliners, you have the opening act who are a bit less well known, etc. Because you know your headliners come out to a packed crowd that they go wild. There's a roar from the audience, and then that's it. They just the trap door opens. Yep, they're gone. And they, you know that's it. Yeah, and there goes all your money on advertising and poster printing and all the rest of it. So you can't do that. You you need a load of nobodies in the wings just waiting to be wheeled on. Mm-hmm. So in a battle of the bands, you'd start with a, with a bunch of these, and it's like a tournament scenario, and you finally get to the guys who actually got a response from the crowd. You're positing the opposite. Yeah, but I think you have to you have to also do a balancing act here because you don't want to have a load of really crap bands that no one likes, because then you mm. wouldn't get any any people going. But you want them to be just good enough where they can last a fair while on this stage, and people are like, oh, that was good, and then are disappointed when they have to leave. So they need to be tolerable. Yes, tolerable. They need to margin yeah. like bordering on on good. And a bit pretentious, I think, because I, I suspect that you have an easier time of it when people can't make up their minds whether they like a thing or not. Mm. Like with art. Like modern art, I feel, gets a free pass a lot because yeah. it defies interpretation, right? So people will be like, well, this is rubbish, get it out of the gallery. And other people will be like, yeah, but who are you to say what is and isn't art? They found like this loophole, you know? If you paint bad portraits, bad traditional portraits, the anatomy's wrong, they're like, no, you're not getting in the gallery. But if you're like, ah, but I meant to just kick a hole in this canvas. <laughs> I meant to. And think about it. Think about that. Think about it. I've already had successful artwork before, so this must be good. Yeah, by definition, anything I do. <laughs> I have won an award, and therefore anything I do is the action of an award. Look, I shredded this award, and now uh, that's art. <laughs> Give me another award. Absolutely. 
I like the idea that awards might become fractal. Like you win that first statuette and then you mince it. <laughs> and then for every and fragment you make a that bolognese. you mm. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious recognition. And then the film of you eating it and subsequently throwing it up becomes... Anyway. Um, I like the idea of this uh, musical event, which is almost torture for the audience. Because they, they can't be having too good a time. You can never whip them up into that frenzy that they want to be in towards the end of the night like if they if they drop molly or whatever the kids are doing these days <laughs> and like start rocking out too hard oh, the, she gets you know, injured a lot the organizers are gonna see that but don't you think that's that's part of the uh the experience is is always leaving them wanting a little bit more that is true so they say yeah leave them hungry mm. and maybe you wouldn't feed them either <laughs> take it take it literally. i like that idea yeah i think um i think we're too coddled by the availability of food that we like these days. And that is what is leading. I suspect that at some point in our history, I mean, obviously at some point in our history, we were like, man, need calories, give fat, sugar, right? Like caveman times. It was just like, is this going to make me throw up? No good. I'm going to eat it. I just, I need that energy in my body. And then, you know, in the first world, at least now we're in a place where too much food, obviously, or like this high fructose corn syrup is too good. And now we're obese. It's a problem. So now that's what's led to, you know, all this. On the one hand, you've got your kale smoothies, like people directly rebelling. This paleo business. I think, I don't know if the paleo diet is traditionally associated with hipsters. I think it might be a bit more mainstream and perhaps a bit more associated with gym rats and jocks and people who wouldn't necessarily be hipsterish. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something inherently hipster about being like, yeah, well... My diet was invented before yours because it was literally the first humans eating <laughs> like this. And I don't, I don't want any processed stuff. Nothing comes out of the supermarket. I'm going to eat these grains. And that is all. Would you apply this to, to other things apart from foods? Like, um, pa- people have been using paper for, for too long. Too many people use paper. I'm going to use mm. parchment like, like our forefathers did and foremothers. Yes. So eight Absolutely. parents in, in total. <laughs> specifically yep <laughs> yeah i like the idea that a generation just decides having parents who are hipsters must be really weird in the same way that having parents who are goths must be weird would you just take it completely the opposite way would you just be like i'm tired of eating kale and avocado i'm t- i hate coffee i've been drinking it since i was two months old <laughs> always with an interesting pattern design on the top and it's been instagrammed to death Absolutely. i want to just you know i want to eat one hot meal yeah <laughs> for once that hasn't cooled while we were finding the perfect angle and the perfect filter but then again instagram's too popular now what are the hipsters using do you know i don't know because the thing is it's instant instant gramming you know you want you want long gramming it's true snail mail should come back i think writing letters and putting them on with snails and sending them on their merry way <laughs> that's that's a pretty good one um <laughs> hey i keep snails as pets so yeah send them as messages but that would be literally illegal apparently you're not allowed to release giant african land snails because then i don't i don't think they do very well no i think they die almost immediately i think they die immediately but apparently they're an invasive species and you're allowed. anyway whatever it's fine we'll keep them in a box <laughs> but um yeah snail mail i think you need to incorporate that into like electronically somehow because we don't want to lose like if you can't do it on your macbook pro I don't want to hear about it. Um, but maybe slow emails. Yeah, well, there's already things like uh, slow watches now, which which it, really? which isn't just a watch which runs more slowly than all other watches because that would be useful. Okay. But it is just yeah. a watch with um, it's 24 hour watch on a single um, hand, so it goes all the way from midnight to midnight the next day in a single oh, rotation. Okay. So you can never Fine. entirely tell what the time is. 
and that's, that's apparently cool. a good thing. <laughs> you know what? I can kind of see the logic, but in a kind of like peasant farmer stares up at the sky and is like, "Ah, eh, it's about mid-afternoon." Yeah, maybe this relentless precision is a is a legitimate enemy. I I can see that. I like, I for one would like to rock up to work when the sun is approximately high enough in the sky. Yeah, that'd be good because then uh, it would kind leave, of tailor for yeah. winter as well. Yes, precisely. I know I hate coming home from work in the dark. Yeah. No one wants that. But then if you're a hipster, you're probably like a, um, you know, self-employed web designer works for Starbucks. So <laughs> I don't think you'd work for Starbucks. Apply. It's too mainstream. An independent uh, coffee company which sources its beans from a, a small um, mid-Atlantic porpoise called Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kicked the desk as I was laughing. I'm just a friggin... Oh, I'm a mess. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, if you did have hipster parents, where would you send your kids? Would you send them to a specialised hipster school, perhaps? Oh, I yeah, you might have to. You'd, you'd have to find a school that no one else was going to, which might be... <laughs> Maybe they all homeschool. That might be a possibility. It might be, I guess. But, you know, what if you... You know, people these days are busy. The idea of the, the one breadwinner household has kind of gone out with the 21st century right yeah everyone has jobs now your baby has a job i'm sorry there's no time for homeschooling <laughs> yeah have you seen boss baby that documentary that there was last year <laughs> crazy yeah absolutely I've seen it with his little suit <laughs> i tell you what i want to make um yeah hipster baby clothing as well but yeah hipster school uniforms mm. they'd be off the wall yeah i mean well, would they have a school uniform or would it just be no you you just wouldn't be allowed in if you were wearing the same thing you were wearing yesterday or the same thing as anyone else yes that's more like it yeah exactly. that'd be great yeah so like i'm picturing um picturing harlequin outfits i'm picturing roughs i'm picturing civil war outfits uh, it doesn't matter what country <laughs> just a civil war they're all in the past and they've got this enormous database of past outfits of you and your your contemporaries you're like Sorry, Nathaniel, um, I'm afraid Priscilla wore a bow tie with a bowler <laughs> hat and um, full <laughs> uh, armour from the medieval period. Last week, you'll have to change into these like horrible PE shorts, <laughs> like if you've forgotten your kit. <laughs> I like the database because I think, oddly, data science I associate a little bit with hipsters, like all the fun things Google can do. So on the one hand, it seems like a very... Well, nerdiness is also in, kind of, to a degree, right? The right kind of geekiness, like obsessing about typefaces, uh, which oh, I yeah, believe definitely. is a nerdy name for font. So, <laughs> yeah, so I think the data... On the one hand, it might seem, you know, ridiculous to be putting everyone's outfits into this thing, but on the other hand, I'm sure they could, you know, sex it up a bit, make the make the website look nice, and... Uh, well, what kind of classes do you think they'd have in this school, then? Because you couldn't have a normal curriculum. That's far too... You can't mm. have your kid learning anything which is applicable in in the mainstream world. If it's common knowledge, redact it. Get it out of there. Niche facts. Yeah. So you'd have things like chalkboards. That it would all be chalk written on a chalkboard, obviously. Yeah, yeah immediately. You couldn't have a, a you know interactive whiteboard. Maybe you'd have um, go match coffee latte art. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd learn your own unique design. It'd be like a Patronus in uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> I was picturing this place as Hogwarts, more or less. Yeah, there'd be a lot of scratching things on parchment with quills. The, the curriculum in Hogwarts was, was lax, we can agree, right? Oh, yeah. Because we got a bit of an insight when Hagrid became a teacher, and he was just like, here's my favourite animals, kids. Like, they, they didn't seem to be... It wasn't what like... What subject was he teaching them? He was, um... God, I used to... Know, care of Magical Beasts. 
Oh, of course, yes. Mm, which is super important, right? In their farming community, I don't understand how the wizard economy works. Like, why is it important yeah. that they know how to tame a unicorn? Is there an Ofsted for um for the magical world? I think they just had the Ministry of Magic who took over the school at one point. And we've talked about Harry Potter already. This might be a mistake. Yeah, but, but you'd have some <laughs> kind of hipster Ofsted is the point. And they would know, because we have the issue of, um in English literature classrooms, for example, I, I assume any language literature, but there's the concept of the canon, right? Like these books that have made it and they they are literature these are the greats and so that's the pool you choose from when you decide what the kids are going to study and you got your shakespeare and your george orwell and i mean that's for england at least i don't know what the heck anyone else is up to um and that's it and you know people have arguments teachers and things have arguments over like well we left out this guy and now a whole generation of kids has gone by and they don't even know how important you know handmaid's tale was or whatever um but you'd have the opposite because if it's important to know and mainstream and applicable yeah, right out. So would it be super old stuff? Just like musty old tomes or like the freshest, newest fanfics? Yeah, like um, like obscure playwrights from the 17th century. Or maybe the lesson would just be researching into like, you know, these dusty old tomes. And you ha- if you find an un- previously undiscovered future classic, then you're, you're celebrated and you get an A. Ah, well, they do say that teaching skills is more important than teaching facts. So maybe it might be quite good, yeah, teaching research. It kind of sounds like a librarian school at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, how about um, sneering lessons? <laughs> Sneering's good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you've got to be able to look down your nose at um, mainstream culture. That, yeah. And, and it's not good enough time. to just like like things which no one else likes. You have to actively hate on <laughs> popular things. Yeah, there's almost a political bent to it, or like a, definitely an ideological one. And the irony of it, I guess, as with all of them, because I like, I, I really like the fact that with punks, for example, it, it's it's crucial that punks hate the system, the man, they hate being told what to do, they hate being like everyone else, right? They're non-conformists, that's the point. But if you picture a punk, you can picture a punk very easily, yeah. right? Which means they have an archetype, which means that leather jackets and mohawk haircuts and the dyed hair and the Doc Martens and all the rest of it are badges, are uniforms. Uniform. They are uniform. And that's funny. And so, yeah, you'd be churning out identical <laughs> hipsters, ultimately, um, because there are some things that are common. They, they'd need to know about graphic design. They'd need to know about typefaces. They'd need to learn latte art. Yeah, but also to sneer at people who didn't know such things or think they were important. And they've got to learn their own distinct uh, forgotten language or non-existent language. That'd be uh, Yeah, I like the idea of language exams where if the examiner can understand you, you fail. <laughs> but it. you've got to use correct syntax and uh, grammar. Yeah, they pour over the recording later, like with all their yeah, tones. It has to be it has to be consistent within itself. Absolutely, yeah, you could just cheat otherwise. I've written down um, something which I'm, I'm not sure what I meant. But I just put, um, chipsters, question mark? <laughs> chipsters is solid. What would it be, though? <laughs> Computer chips, uh, Dorito chips. Um, potato chips as in oven food? Yeah. Chipsters. Chipsters. Well, I feel like the, uh, the common French fry of chip, if you're in Blighty. Ah, Frenchiest fryest, to use the Latin term. <laughs> No, yeah, <laughs> for the, the species they haven't been replaced yet by some lesser cousin you know the way couscous has with quinoa i wouldn't say couscous has been replaced no but in the mind of the hipster surely well are you sure because sweet potato fries oh my god you're right they're insidious how could you forget <laughs> how could i forget you know what it is they're too mainstream yeah I'd, yeah i would mm. 
Dang What's it. the new sweet potato fry? Avocado fry? Ah, oh, I'm on board. Avocado fry. Delicious. Kale fries less sold. But I think really it might be more about the presentation of the food than the food itself. Yeah, do you think? I think it might be. Certainly, you can get like a cooked breakfast in an unnecessary number of formats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, traditionally served on a plate. I've had it in a takeaway container when we discovered a magical place that would bring you uh, breakfast at uni. But also, now you can get it on a shovel. <laughs> that is a thing. I think I've seen pictures of these, yeah. Yeah, with the beans and the sausages. Do they literally, like, shovel it into your mouth like a sort of a person on a steam train does into a <laughs> furnace? <laughs> I need to be powered. I have blog posts to write. <laughs> Faster, man! Stoke those fires! More beans! Steam comes out of your head. (laughs) Well, the beans are very hot. Yeah, maybe. It's for efficiency, I assume. Yeah, also because you can get a breakfast in a mason jar. You've got your your omelette in there, you've got your your chips, your sausages. Yeah, just in a a big old jar, same as you get on Etsy for every damn thing and Pinterest. Yeah. Mm. So then you just... I guess the logic is you can seal it up and take it with you. Maybe? They don't want you taking their mason jars, so I don't know. It's a bit like environmentalism. Get rid of the plastic and, you know, go green, all that jazz. Mason jar, A, made of glass, very recyclable. And B, yeah, you could buy one and then just bring it. <laughs> you bring it to the, the the breakfast bar and they just, you know, shovel the eggs in there and all the rest of it. And then you could just eat it with a spoon. It's very convenient. Yeah. And to be fair, man... Bring your own shovel. Those... <laughs> Do you think if you brought your own shovel to a normal cafe, they'd, they'd serve you your breakfast on it? I think you'd have to give him a hefty tip. It seems inconvenient. Maybe if you, like, cleaned it with, with Dettol or, or, you know, your anti-back of choice in front of them, they might, you know, they might do it for you. If it's, so, like, covered in soil, they probably wouldn't. So you enter a cafe and you've got a shovel over one shoulder, a bucket of bleach in one yeah. hand, <laughs> rubber gloves. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hi, listen. I've just been um, burying this body. I'd like... <laughs> I'd like a plate, no, not a plate, a spade of omelette, please. Yeah, it's hungry work, let me tell you, but I, I, you know, give a man a spade, like, and once you're holding a spade, every problem looks like a nail, yeah, and he'll eat, he'll, he'll eat a good meal, good square meal. Anyway, I live my life by that proverb, so just load her up, and I'll pay you double. Dig him out of grave, and he'll eat for a day. <laughs> delicious yeah so i think anyway um avocados there's got to be more ways we can present those there's got to be better things you can serve breakfast on or in Mm. incorporate a bicycle somehow i don't know i want like a yeah maybe have the cafe itself is um the cafe itself is all your waiters are on unicycles that's solid i want to believe that already exists because we have waiters on roller skates that's a thing and some diners i believe or maybe not it's not even that the just the waiters are on unicycles but everyone is <laughs> the whole cafe you've got like a little plate attachment to your unicycle right and you you're, you're constantly in motion it's a bit like a roller disco hall but you've got plates of food and you're having to balance them that's wonderful uh, precariously as you try and eat your your spade <laughs> That's too good. A potato. And you have the same issue that people have at standing buffets, where you've got to handle a plate and a glass and your cutlery, and how do you eat and steer not enough? Like yeah, exactly. So you've got a you know you've got a martini in one hand, um, <laughs> an artisanal gin or something, and you're on a unicycle, and there's a plate of food balanced precariously in front of you, and maybe the utensils as well. I feel like. I feel like if chopsticks weren't already a very well-established thing, possibly based on just how many Chinese people there are, possibly the most widespread of eating utensils, I'm not Mm. sure. But otherwise, you'd have to invent them for hipsters, surely, 
right? What, what, on a unicycle as well, that'd be impossible. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. And it's and they're so pure. You can make them out of cool woods or whatever. But also, it's just it's it's very basic. It's an old technology. It's a stick. Get two of them, pinch them together. Going back to Harry Potter again, maybe it's like your uh, the wand. You get you get to choose your chopsticks. And it's oh, like, they're oh, this... intricately carved. Yeah, this your chopstick. A, uh, a hair <laughs> chopstick <laughs> set. And that's what gives it its power, its flavour. Yeah. It's infused with the power of this sausage dog. <laughs> yeah. Why not? To be fair, geek memorabilia, I think, is becoming more and more mainstream, but I don't think it's tipped over into the mainstream yet, so we might still be in hipster territory, right? I'm yeah. talking little statuettes and figurines of anime characters. Um, uh, anime? I don't know. Anime occupies its own weird zone for weeaboos, but... You know, the same way superhero films used to be the purview of the geek and now they're more mainstream. Yeah, I'd say so. D&D, all this stuff. D&D's gradually getting there. I'm not sure uh, Dungeons & Dragons is quite hitting the jock market yet. Not yet, no. <laughs> Give it time. We just need to find a way to incorporate like physical prowess. Once you're able to <laughs> tackle other players at the table, you know, in place of rolling a die. Yeah. Brad, you get a plus two bonus for being good looking in real life. <laughs> <laughs> no bitterness here friends move right along lawrence you get a minus five sorry hipsters i'm sick of them new question yep andy what restaurant ideas have not been sufficiently explored Ooh, okay we've already talked about unicycles just get everyone on them which by the way that's like the pedal pub extreme version i think we've already talked about pedal pubs oh yeah we have did you see the news though uh, tragic that, news yeah that they're shutting down the pedal pubs <laughs> and that's it is it everywhere i think well in the one city where they existed i forget where it was it was amsterdam like, at least right. who'd have thought that a load of drunk people driving a pub <laughs> was a bad idea <laughs> who'd have thought the drunk people in vehicles was a bad idea i can't yeah. see anything going on <laughs> that's yeah. sad uh rest in peace the pedal pubs r.i.p the the amsterdamian pedal pub at least i like to hope they persist in bavaria or something i want i want to think that in Oktoberfest, i don't know i don't know i've never been one day perhaps one day we'll but... see them roaming free across the prairies <laughs> in their natural environments just through the hop fields <laughs> skipping merrily along they use them to uh pull plows actually oh my god to grow the yeah there's a there's a wonderful cycle of nature there mm. <laughs> okay <laughs> but unicycle cafe Absolutely. Yeah, everyone's just got to balance. You burn some calories that way. It's perfect. Mm. Well, I had another idea for a restaurant, mm. uh, which I think would be quite good. So it's, it's again, it's a bit like a sushi restaurant. Uh, sushi restaurants where the food goes round on a big conveyor belt and you have to kind of take the things you want and then you put the bowls, keep the bowls, and that's what you pay for at the end. It does. But I'm a what big fan. if it wasn't the food that went round, it was you and you're on a roller coaster? <laughs> so you sort of get launched at, at the starter you get three courses three goes round okay. on this roller coaster and you just get launched um incredibly quickly i guess it it, it depends uh Talk how long the roller coaster the style is style of roller coaster because you get ones where i played a lot of roller coaster tycoon as a youth so mm -hmm. You get the different kinds. You get the ones where you hang down and there's no floor. You get the ones where you go backwards. I've been on one that was indoors, backwards, and in the dark. I assume that's yeah. a bad setup for eating. But you get yeah, the I ones think that where... would be bad. But you could have different challenge settings, you see. <laughs> oh, I you see. <laughs> yeah, it's not just about eating. It's about how much food you get on your face. <laughs> 
But do, are they launching you super fast out of the the starting position, or is it like there's a constant speed with like I'm not sure. And things? I think maybe you get launched super fast. Also, I'm not sure whether you have to sort of snatch the food on your way past, which is on sort of trays, or you start with it sort of nailed in front of you. <laughs> Presumably just like, you mean the, the plate, the tray is attached to your seat. You don't mean like each fried egg has got well, a nail through it. This is another consideration you've got to make, right? Because you can't have soup. If there's a loop the loop, that's a bad mm. idea. Or maybe you get a menu and you have to you have to choose wisely. But you'd think like you'd have to have a steak which is literally <laughs> nailed to your, your plate or whatever. You just kinda of, kinda of, kinda of gnaw it off because <laughs> you can't be allowed a knife on there. Yeah. That would be bad. Yeah. You're probably wearing safety glasses. The guy in front of you ordered the soup, so you better be ready and put your umbrella. <laughs> it's like, oh I think this guy's just been sick on me. Oh wait, no, it's it's minestrone. Ooh, <laughs> mm. <Ooh>, mushroom. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta have um, you gotta take like uh, allergy details because you can't sit behind someone if you've got an allergy to the food they're eating. <laughs> oh yeah, normally that's just on planes because the air gets recycled and you don't want yeah. that peanut dust. But here, you're in the open air. That's not a problem. It's just you are sat in the immediate trajectory of half a dozen people who are sat in front of you in the more expensive seats, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever they're eating, you are gonna get bits of. I'm sorry, that's just the experience. Yeah. And you're penalised for taking too long to order. I want ordering to be part of the experience. You arrive, they sit, they wait, you know, you wait for it to come round like a merry-go-round and then uh, like a, no, a Ferris wheel. And then when it comes round, that's it. They slot you in. It's like, all right, everybody ready? Up you go. And then that's it. And you just have to like, all right, honey, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? You better think about it real fast <laughs> before that menu snaps out of your hands in the blistering wind. By the yeah. time you come back, you've got to be ready to tell the waiter. Otherwise he sends you off with the menu again. How much of this can you? endure oh yeah and maybe uh, the waiters deliver it to you on the roller coaster so you're barreling around but they're <laughs> they're climbing like spiders along the, the tracks and they're just like handing you some wine like so would you like to cheese. taste this wine <laughs> they're doing that pretentious thing where they show you the bottle beforehand and then they tip it very carefully into a glass so you can smell it and have a little yeah. taste and be like mm, yes yes this wine isn't corked and so on but each like part of that experience is one revolution so like you briefly see the wine bottle as you go whizzing past then <laughs> right, they like it looks, it looks okay, okay. <laughs> and then they like throw the wine in your face and you're like it's good it's good <laughs> They're very carefully pouring it into a bottle. They're dabbing at the neck of the, pouring it into a glass rather into a bottle. What? Dabbing at the neck of the glass with the with the like perfect pristine white uh, napkin and all the yeah. rest of it. And then as you come round, just wine glass in the face. <laughs> but they never break that expression. Just perfectly supercilious, phlegmatic, butler like. Yeah, yeah, yeah very. I like the idea that it, it it should be a fine dining experience. So this is everything that is new and this is cutting edge culture. Yeah, it's haute cuisine. Haute, haute cuisine. cuisine. Yeah, it's um, lobsters and stuff. <laughs> a whole lobster. <laughs> You're you going along with Veronica's and saying there's a lobster on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the marinade is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it would be all these really rich hipster type people i guess it would be hipsters or just actually really rich people because this would be expensive yeah they leave going, tips that was amazing and they've eaten nothing absolutely yeah it is well i so i don't know if you've been watching a series of unfortunate events the netflix series no i haven't i recommend even if you've never read the books which i haven't it's just i think it's artistically brilliant mm. um it's very well done aesthetically and stuff it's just it's good it's artsy i like it and at one point they go to a restaurant um and it's a salmon-themed restaurant, and it's for rich people only, and it is the most in thing, darling. Right. And the 
the waiters are wearing giant salmon outfits <laughs> like uh like you might get in a you know in disneyland you got the guy and he's got like the, the big jafar head on you know not one of the realistic makeup ones just it's a big mascot outfit essentially it's like mm. that just a salmon <laughs> But they're serving you this really posh food, and it's like 46 courses, and every single one of them is salmon. They're serving you salmon-flavoured water. This is grilled salmon in a salmon, you know, salmon tapenade, salmon (laughs) marinade, everything's just salmon. Yeah, anyway, it would be that level of haute cuisine Mm. served to you very fast. Very fast. I don't think we're, we're considering how ill you would feel. If you manage just let's say scoff down some of your lobster or your <laughs> your minestrone soup, yeah. um, you're going around this roller coaster a lot because you've got to finish a meal in this time. So who knows how how many laps you do? That is um, true. Yeah, so you would feel awful. And I'm just imagining that like each time each course is one round, so you stop after your your main and you're, you're like you're looking queasy. <laughs> Maybe there's a little sec- section for you to to throw Green up in. Girls. Um, yes. And then, then the waiters appear and you're like, no, I don't want any more. And they're like, would sir care for dessert? <laughs> and it's they hold out the little dessert wafer. menu. You're like, no, I couldn't possibly. And like, they just pull the lever and off you go again. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I like the idea that once you've committed, that's it. You are on until... And there's that one annoying person at your table who wants to order dessert and you oh, just yeah. want to go home and you're or sick like of coffees. it. And yeah, and afterwards they want, you know, mints or whatever and not... Yeah, not you're, like you're all sat there on the on the ride and uh, <laughs> you're all saying... They say, oh, would you like coffees after your dessert? And you're like, no, not really. No, and then, just like, this one woman says, uh, excuse me, um, I'd like an espresso. And they, boosh, off you go. <laughs> exactly. You come back, your hair is just, like, completely swept back from your head in, like, a horizontal line. Your clothes are in tatters. She's had a scalding espresso shot fired into her <laughs> eyes. She's crying. <laughs> And then she starts haggling over the bill. Like, they yeah. hand you the bill. You're just like, yes, dear God, please. And you try and hand over your credit card. And it's like, no, hang on. I don't think we ordered. And they're like, too late. Off you go. <laughs> One more time. I like the I idea like that it. at the end, they um, the, the, there's like a, a different track which they shunt you to. And you just get fired off the end of it <laughs> into your car. <laughs> and once you're done, you've paid up and that's it. Yeah. Out. Goodbye. I, I'm wondering whether it might be more practical. I really like the idea that every revolution is like that's that's you have to think about your order, and then you come back, and then you, you yell it at the waiters over the screens. Yeah. Then they send you <laughs> off again, and then they give it to you, and you got to try and consume it. But maybe it'll be more practical. Each roller coaster car is its own table, and you've got a kind of like a sitting waiter. Oh wow! Yeah. Right. So you've got the waiter right there. So like Does he cook the it's food? more leisurely. Oh, that's a whole new level. Maybe there's like a central <laughs> section to the roller coaster where there's like guys with yeah. walks and stuff. Like well, you know, those, those roller coasters where you like it spins on its axis in accordance with the like the momentum of the roller coaster. So, mm-hmm. so you'll go up a curve and it'll spin around. Maybe you're on one of those around the edge, but the waiters and the chefs are in the middle in this fixed section. They're in the eye so of you're, the storm. You're, yeah, you're rotating around them feeling horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just calmly going at their job just, oh, just a, a normal time. day they've got some... an eight hour shift of people just screaming around them they don't care it's like a blur of colour and vomit you don't see anything yeah it's all just stir fry to me it's whatever <laughs> just do what you gotta do I like oh. that and I like the idea of 
it being super pretentious, but they've had to make some concessions to the idea of practicality. So you are being served champagne, only the finest, but in a sippy cup. Yeah. <laughs> so that it is not flung all over your, you know, your cravat. What about if, um, going back to the idea of a single uh, table, this is slightly off topic, but what about a roller coaster where it's like a drive-in, you know, drive-in takeaway? I do. Drive-in roller coaster. You drive your car up, you slot in, Ooh. and off you go around the roller coaster. So, like, you drive your car onto a ferry, like, up yeah. the ramp, and then that vehicle takes your car away, or onto, like, the, the train and the channel tunnel, but it, you're, you're now on a roller coaster car in your car. Yes. One car per... It, it doesn't matter, I guess. That's it. You're just... You're off down the track. Yep. But in your car. And you can bolt that right onto a McDonald's. <laughs> right? And we Immediately have half after. that system already. Would it be before or after you got your food? Um, I think before. Because I don't think people are eager to buy food immediately after, so that your revenue would go down. You'd want, oh, them, true. You'd want them to load up on milkshakes and stuff before they feel super queasy. Right, uh, and, and then, then they that's can it. spew the milkshake everywhere. But within their own vehicle, it doesn't matter. You make it very oh, clear they're true. not allowed to open the windows. <laughs> you find them if they do. And then that's fine. Everyone is just disgorged. These cars are coming out. It's like they've been through a, re- a reverse car wash. Oh, so on the inside, everything's like coated? Yeah, absolutely. Just that based with a combination of milkshake and... Well, let me... Okay, let me retract that mental image and replace it with a different one. Let me rewind time for a second. Because I've just I've just thought, hipsters, car wash, combine... You know what? Coffee is missing. You need, <laughs> you need coffee with the coffee grounds mixed in, right? It's a, it's a fresher brew. Like, the bean is right there in your cup in powder form. But you don't want to drink that, however old-fashioned it may seem. You strain it through your moustache. It finally has a utility. <laughs> now there's a problem. Your moustache is full of coffee grounds. What are you going to do? One solution, like, finger-washing bowls on the tables. We go back to that paradigm. Maybe you just dunk your face in there. Alternative... Get technology involved. You have a kind of facial car wash as you leave the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> just blasts you. So you just very slowly walk through these whipping. Uh, what do you even call those? The car wash brushes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Car wash brushes. I guess. I guess that's the if thing. They, yeah. Like sham- like moustache shampoo squirters at, at, at upper lip level. Yeah, so they, they say like, for you. oh wow, I love your moustache. Do you brush it? And then there's just like a shot of them in, in a car wash. <laughs> absolutely sick. Yeah. Why, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> no, it's like this naturally, darling. So hang on, let's 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 step back a second. You're straining coffee through your moustache. Yeah, I knew this thing was good for something. <laughs> Have you tried this, Adriano? I have not, but I tell you what, they used to legitimately make um, Victorian teacups with moustache guards built into the china. That's sort of the opposite, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and so what I'm saying is, this is what they were trying to prevent. So it's clearly a thing that I would see. happen. Your, your tea would make it through, but for the leaves, I assume. And unless, unless you have a thin moustache, I don't want to judge. <laughs> but if, you're, if your moustache is sufficiently thick, and, you know, bristly, I would imagine, it'd stop those coffee grounds. Mm. Um, I tell you what, you don't want to build a Starbucks on a roller coaster. Why not? I, yes, I do. <laughs> God, maybe you do. Maybe you just want every establishment on a roller coaster. Yeah. I'm picturing mixologists mixing cocktails, juggling, and just, you know, they're upside down. as They're going around a loop the loop. 
they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're going around a loop the loop and they're just like they're reaching out they know it so well they know the gravity that they just like <laughs> as they're on the upside down part they hold the bottle out and then as they come down they hold the glass underneath it so as the bottle falls and they catch the bottle but enough of the liquid falls into your glass <laughs> it's an incredible experience although the only downside is you could only make shaken cocktails <laughs> <laughs> not stirred shaken not stirred uh yeah that's the only thing we can do sir so you're quite lucky <laughs> well if you want the stirred ones you go on a different ride you go on the uh you go on one of those spinny ones oh the teacups well oh, the more hardcore version that's like a kind of spider arm oh yeah thing, you know it's got those branches <laughs> that will rotate independently which is not a bad design for this restaurant you've got the kitchen in the middle and then you've got all these groups of tables all spinning independently and around each other so you've got you and your close buddies on this table then the people you care slightly less about on that one over there you can just see them whizzing past yeah and you know your date wants to try some of your pasta you can arrange that, provided they're sat on your table. If they're, well, why would your day be on a different table, to be fair? <laughs> Food fights would be a lot more entertaining to watch. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I also, man, there's so much potential in all these different rides. So you've got the one where they drop you, right? They just, they crank you up and then they just drop you. Uh-huh. And they could drop you mouth first. <laughs> into right? what? <laughs> into, into blancmange or something. Like, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just saying, because I think we briefly mentioned at the beginning, like, we decided the waiters should be giving you the food while you're stationary and then whisking you off, or the waiters should be serving it to you on a roller coaster in motion. Both good ideas. Also, a good idea, right, is just having it lined up buffet style alongside the tracks. And so you, you get just hold you your mouth open and it. <laughs> You in. could, but it's it's encouraged. You're not supposed to lean out of a roller coaster. Typically, it keeps your arms inside the vehicle, right? Yeah. You can make a concession for arms. Cause let's be real; those, those rules aren't real. Kids, wave your arms around. It's more fun. Kids, don't and... wave your arms around. It's very dangerous. Adrian is a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> but you could potentially grab things off a buffet table as as you were whizzed past, right, on a straight section, and then you know you got an armful of nachos, and then you try and eat them as you go around the loop. Uh, the loops. And the, I'd love that because you wouldn't know what you you you're going too fast <laughs> to see what's coming up. So you're like, Jim, what did you get? <laughs> Lucy, I got. Oh, it's. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's three pineapples, Lucy. I only got the centerpieces. What am I gonna do? I'm I got, so hungry. I only got melon. <laughs> Again, that's the third third time round that I've I only hate got melon. melon. Yeah, I like, and, and it's a really well appointed buffet. It's all arranged like as you'd expect. There's ice sculptures. Everything is carefully arranged for aesthetic value, but not convenience. So <laughs> you accidentally got... grab an ice sculpture. You've got that with you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You lick it. And I don't know, see what you can do with that. But you've got like the canapes at one end and the desserts at the other, which means that if you just stick your hand out and grab whatever, you could end up with like a perfect three course meal, or you could just get very unlucky and now you know all of your all of your cheese bites are in your tiramisu. Or you could stick your arm out and accidentally sweep the entire buffet off the table you in could. one fell swoop. And it, but the, but that's very gauche. The other dinner guests would frown upon that. You know, it leads to this whole... <laughs> I think we've become coddled when it comes to etiquette. Back in the day, well-bred people used to have to know which fork to use, you know, and, and, and it, was, it was complicated. You sat to dinner in a, in, a, in a posh house and you had to... You know, if the waiter stood on the wrong side of you to serve your wine, that was simply not done and you had a special code for like how you arranged your cutlery at the end of a course to say how much you liked it and all the rest of it and all that is gone I, i've never heard any of these rules maybe i'm just not mixing with the right people maybe it's because we need to make things more difficult maybe <laughs> i, I can think of nothing second. the upper classes would like more than uh, than roller coaster cuisine They've got white gloves on and they're just having to very carefully snatch things off this buffet table i think it's fantastic <laughs> and then if you're a peasant 
You know, like you or I, then you'd simply get on one of these, like, crank you up and drop you rides where they'd crank you up and then they'd flip you upside down. And then you'd you'd be on a slight angle that maybe there's a neck brace involved. They'd arrange it right so that your mouth is open, wide, And there's gaping. a direct line to your stomach. <laughs> yeah, just the esophagus. Um, and, and then somehow you're dunked through some kind of liquid food or, like, paste, something... Something that doesn't require chewing. And that's it. You've had a... You could... Oh, it would be like Wonka gum, right? Willy Wonka has that chewing gum that is a three-course meal. As you chew it, you first you get the... the, the yeah. You get the tomato soup. Then you get the roast potatoes and the, the roast beef. And then, oh, now it's dessert. Blueberry pie, right? You've got that, but it's arranged vertically in a stack through which they're just going to drag your open <laughs> mouth like a shovel. <laughs> and it's all pureed. Like, it's just a kind of a slightly more solid smoothie. This is horrific. <laughs> no, it's great. It's fantastic. So you get your pate or whatever your starter is. You get your tapenade. And then you get your mashed potato. Just be pate. But you'd be, you'd be, it would be mashed potato, mushy peas. Like you could pick, you could go for specifically mushy foods because this isn't on the haute cuisine side of things. It doesn't need to be, you know, but it doesn't you, need to be like filet mignon. You wouldn't be able to taste any of it because it would just go straight in. Yes. To, to your stomach. Think of the convenience. <laughs> You kind of drive through eating, like where you don't even get out of your car. Now, screw that. You're going to be out of your car for 30 seconds because that's how long it takes to get up in this machine and be swiveled and dropped. And by the time you're dropped, just that so- like that cylinder of food has just, <laughs> just been inserted. It's in your stomach. It's been packed, layered in like a cocktail in the right order. You've had the starter, then the main course, then the dessert. You know, maybe you didn't experience them, but I'm sorry, you went for convenience. That's but mum, I don't like mushrooms. Not a problem, son. Whoosh. <laughs> it's a whole new meaning to, like, getting some vegetables into your kids. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That'd be great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sold. <laughs> <laughs> Any other ideas? I think... I th- Man... I don't think I can top that, to be honest. I I was toying with the idea that I don't think restaurants rotate enough. There's we've we've got the rotational aspect where the whole restaurant spins, where the sushi conveyor belt spins, but there we go. Yeah, tables individually rotating. I, I'm picturing this insane theme park, mm. but it's just an eatery. It's just different restaurants, different flavors, different cuisines, different eating experiences. And I, I think we really need that. Eating experiences. You know? Yeah. It's not it's not about the food, it's about it's about how we cram it into you. <laughs> it's about speed. how we most quickly and efficiently make you incredibly full without you requiring to taste the food. <laughs> think isn't isn't that McDonald's, actually? <laughs> the thing is, McDonald's wants you to taste the food. They need you to be addicted to it, oh, right? True. Like we this is food as service. It's People come like, back um, because it's so it's convenient. More like like the, yes. the food supplements. We're advertising a lot of real products today. But yeah, tell us, tell us more about Huel. Other, uh, other burger establishments are available. <clears throat> <laughs> and presumably other sort of like meal replacement slurries are yeah. also available. Other but that, that's what Huel meals. is. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a complete diet, right? But all ground to a paste. It's like gruel in Oliver. It's just... Gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh my god, that's what it is. They claim it's human fuel, fuel, but it's not, it's gruel. Actually, just... that's that's quite uh, disturbing, isn't it? Human fuel. It sounds like they've made it out of people, like Soylent Green. 
Oh yeah, Huel is 100% silent green. I, I'm under no <laughs> illusions whatsoever. They they're like, oh no, we found a nutritionally perfect balance of like dried peas and oats, and like, nah, you've you've discovered what the human needs, the human organism requires the human organism, and you have powdered it. Wow, that that is a real uh, supervillain move. Yeah, and it's so cheap. One day we'll all be eating Huel, or we can have real proper food, just like Mother used to make, and we just need to work on the delivery method. Yeah, maybe a sort of um, syringe directly into your into your blood. Oh wait, they do that for people in, in hospitals. Comas. Yeah, yeah, that's real. That's real. But we don't have it as a as like a commercial proposition. You you can't go to a restaurant and get put on an IV drip. But one day, one day, that's the dream. Someone will immediately make a bar where you can get like an alcohol drip. Well, have you have you heard die. of the um the place? I think it's in like Los Angeles or somewhere where if you've got a hangover. They just hook you up to a saline drip and then they cure your hangover. No. It's ridiculously expensive. It's like $100 or something. But they just get rid of your hangover in like half an hour. Wait. Is it seriously that easy? You just need to rehydrate your blood with saline? Yeah, yeah. That's why you get hungover. It's just... Yeah. That's distressing. Yeah. Why isn't it easier to cure hangovers then? Why does it need to be so expensive? I don't know. Why don't they just sell syringes? <laughs> I don't think people injecting themselves with syringes is a good idea. <laughs> My girlfriend injects herself every day well, yes. for medical reasons. It is encouraged. Yes, but <laughs> that is required. <laughs> for hangovers, is I'm, not, I'm not sure it's a great <laughs> they idea. They don't prescribe insulin. I'm just saying, there are companies out there whose job it is to make, like, you know, the machinery she has to use has to be relatively foolproof. Obviously, you can hurt yourself, but they've got to make it difficult for you to hurt yourself with these needles. You could do the same thing true quantity controlled yeah you could do it and people would put up with that amount of pain yeah uh you know that momentary stab to kill the hangover or just inject oh, gravy goodness. you know get that get sweet that sweet delicious boost. gravy yeah. yeah high fructose corn syrup was the most efficient way to get calories into your system but no longer <laughs> we're heading straight for the bloodstream my friend <laughs> who needs to di- to digest things <laughs> bloodstream yeah that's it you're working too hard or are you not working hard enough right because dieting fad diets like we had the era the rise of fast food as a, as a global phenomenon is, is terrifying to contemplate it didn't exist and suddenly it did and now it is everywhere and we can't get rid of it it's like an infestation what we need is a new rise of you know we've got the rise of health food of like vegan restaurants like yeah, whatever tip of the iceberg i'm saying we need a restaurant where you have to work for your food Right. Right. So like when, um, like in films, when people are like, "Oh, I forgot my wallet. I can't, um, can't pay for this. They have to do the washing up." Yeah, is that a real thing? I don't think so. I've never tried. I've never had guts to try it. I feel like they'd be like, "Well, we're just gonna sue you. Like, we know where you live." Yeah, like leave us your, you know, ID card and get us some money. Yeah, or they call the police. Like, yeah, I feel like they wouldn't be like, "All right, come and do the dishes for half an hour, and then you're good." Yeah. What What happens to the dishwasher guy? The pot wash guy. Yeah. He's just like, well, great, I guess I'll go home and you'll not pay me. Thanks, guys. Does he get a break? I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Or a restaurant's just accumulating dirty dishes waiting for someone yeah. to, to bail on paying I wouldn't trust drink. someone who couldn't afford a meal, like in a restaurant, who's so poorly planned that they went to a restaurant and <laughs> didn't bring anything, to wash the plates which all of my presumably quite reputable customers are going to eat off. That's a good point. That's it's a like you're not a responsible right individual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a code violation waiting to happen. No, terrible. Well, listen. So you're, <laughs> you're they're going to work for their food, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
I'm wondering whether, like, we've got, um, you know, sitting on a unicycle, you're going to burn some calories maintaining that stability, maybe pedaling a little bit if you want to, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever, but not much. Maybe you, you need to be on a treadmill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And depending what you order, they will crank up the treadmill's difficulty. Because, like, well, you only got the salad. That's fine. Gentle walking pace. But, like, oof. You're going for the fish and chips. Well, okay. <laughs> and then you put it. But does it need to be something where you are actively, like, powering, let's say, the restaurant? So if you don't pedal fast enough, all the lights go out. Yes, I'd like that. Like, the oven, in order for your pizza to be perfectly <laughs> cooked, our oven needs to maintain its temperature. And it's going to take 20 minutes, my friend. So you can get pedaling, keep pedaling. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah but don't, like, don't go hey, too fast. My food's fun. late. It was like, well, you should have put more work in, shouldn't you? <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, you just you put it back on the consumer. They have nothing to complain about. It was on them. Mm. I think that's a good one. And and you're burning the calories. You know, you're getting fit. You're you're enjoying delicious food. There's nothing nothing to lose here. Yeah, you're looking incredibly sweaty, and they're like, "Oh, have you eaten some hot food?" And like, "No, I've just done an hour of cardio to get this ice cream." Because <laughs> the the freezer uses a lot of electricity. Oh yeah, yeah. There'll be some foods that are just way more energy inefficient. So it'd be like, you know, oh god, I'm feeling the sorbet, but I don't know if I'm up to the sorbet. You know what I mean? Mm. I think I can. And it'd be a good it. way to uh, to let people know, if, you know, uh, environmental cost of certain foods. Yeah, there'd be very pretentious menus in which they talk to you about carbon footprints and all the rest oh, of it. It would all be in like um, kilowatt hours. How how many mm-hmm. kilowatt hours this needs to cook, and how long it will take you to cycle it. This is an incredible idea. I want to open this business now. Yeah. I'm sold. I want this. I also, like, this is way less convenient or, like, way less... <laughs> this is just for pure silliness because you wouldn't get the ecological aspect or anything. But maybe your food is, like, dinner is served. But it's on... Have you ever had one of those... You haven't presumably had one, but maybe you've seen it advertised on, like, Sky Mall or one of those nonsense catalogs. Um, for people who have a hard time waking up, you know, I've done this where you put an alarm clock at the other end of the room, so you have to physically get out of bed to go turn it off. Uh-huh. You can buy alarm clocks that will explode. <laughs> Not, <laughs> sorry. I made that sound more interesting than it is. They don't explode, explode. But they contain, you know, like those, um, <laughs> Wake up peg, or you, know? you will die. <laughs> You have 10 seconds to defuse the bomb. That would not wake you up. Wow. That's a really good one. <laughs> no, these, they, they just, they throw their toys out of the pram, essentially. They've got like those, um, you know, round peg for the round hole, square peg for the, you know, they've got three or four of those in the top. And when all those pegs are in, the thing is off. But then when the timer ticks over to seven o'clock or whatever, they all just get, you know, flung out. Oh my God, mad springs, scramble. Like pop-up pirate. Yeah. And then you've got to find those objects in the room. And bring them back to the alarm clock. So, you know, if your cat so eats also, one, you're in trouble. It also makes you keep a clean room, because you don't want to lose them in a true. pair of boxes. You've got to plan ahead. Oh, and the other option, there's one you can get an alarm clock on wheels. And it's got, like, almost monster truck wheels. Like, not that size, but, like, disproportionately big for the alarm clock, so that it can survive just driving itself <laughs> randomly off of your bedside table and then around the room. So you've got to... And you've got to hunt it down. So your logic here, your logic with the restaurant is that you've got to stick to your reservation or your food drives off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you'd order because they don't know what you want or whatever. You'd sit down, it'll be very normal. And then the, the waiter would bring you your plate yeah. and they'd be like, here you are, everybody. And be like, mm, looks delicious. What did you get? Oh, yeah, it looks really good. And they put it all down. And then they just wave a starting flag, one of those <laughs> checkered flags, or they'd fire a gun, and then all the plates simultaneously just zip off of the table and start scurrying around, and you've got to chase them. you got to you got to catch your meal. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah people, yeah, people don't catch their own food anymore, and people don't want to kill animals or whatever, but they'll, they'll catch it. 
weaklings. A yeah, but when it's already cooked, across the steak. The yeah, get it. You could bring back the hunting aspect if you wanted. I mean, we already have um, lobsters in tanks, right? You get to choose your own lobster, and then they'll take it out back and, and wring its neck, or whatever you do to lobsters. But... <laughs> you should bring its neck. It'd be quite hard. <laughs> it's quite uh, cartilaginous. I know they probably just boil them or whatever, but I'd be more impressed if they were wringing their necks. And and similarly, I'd be more impressed if, you know, when you order that steak, they'd be like, very well, and then they'd show you out back to the paddock. Oh, God, right. And you've got to go for it. <laughs> you've got to fight that bull. <laughs> well, the speak- victor gets to eat the other. <laughs> Speaking of fighting things, wait, bull eats the other? <laughs> the bull eats you? I don't know. It would have the option, I guess, like first refusal. I feel like you'd have to do it on like um, old-fashioned dueling rules, you know, like a gentleman's agreement. Dueling rules, all that human flesh. Um... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe you fight the guy who couldn't pay for his meal. No, no offense to Huel, by the way. We know you're not made out of humans. Um... <laughs> we suspect. We, sus- we Yes, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, yeah. Speaking of fighting, I had an idea for a restaurant where, so you order your food. It's more like a bar, but you can order food. Uh, you order your food, and it, it's quite um, expensive food, actually. But what happens is uh, you can go into this bar and not pay at all, but you fight someone for their food. So if you see someone eating like a nice you know, steak or a, a nice bit of risotto, you're like, I want that. And they're out of risotto in the kitchen, so I'm just going <laughs> to hold you over to one side and start beating you. And then, this is interesting. So yeah, it basically would attract this this clientele of really, you know, beefy men who like fighting. It's a bit like a fight club crossed with a restaurant. So you don't right. really go there if you knew the risk. There's like warning signs where, you know, you're going to get beaten up if you go here. So there's this sort of feeding frenzy of just massive brawn. There might be a few guys who've taken their, you know, their partners along because they want to show off how manly they are in a sort of brutish neanderthal sense right right. what do you want love pick anything on the menu don't you You want this guy's dessert i've got it (laughs) exactly and and you just yeah wander up to another enormous beef man and uh, just start (laughs) hit him with a chair and uh and steal his um his kale soup (laughs) yeah don't get any splinters in the kale soup you clean i like i like that that is simultaneously it's kind of an escalation of having to fight your food um either in the sense i was describing where you have to face off with a bull or in the this and this already exists where you 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 will be served a steak so absurd that if you're actually able to consume it then you get it free yeah right you earn it by 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 winning in in combat almost but also this is a system that already exists so you could go into an establishment and punch a guy and take his food you're just suggesting that there wouldn't be legal repercussions exactly and and they'd they'd sort of be uh waiters wending their way out they're they're sort of referees they're they got the stripes if you punch a if you punch a waiter you're out they've got like even bigger guys they employ the biggest guys maybe the guy who eats the most food in a given month they say do you want a job as a bouncer yeah he's well fed and he's the strongest it's a perfect storm so uh yeah they give him as much food as he can eat and he just chucks out the really the bad trouble ones who pick fights on the waiters but yeah all the waiters are kind of disputing arguments and things like that yeah yeah that's fun and i think it it harkens back to caveman society and Really, you know, a doggy dog world. Like the the, it's very artificial. The construct that you go into an establishment and there's food there. They've been hoarding it, and there's more of you, the hungry people, <laughs> than there are of the people with the food. And they don't look very strong. You could just take the food, but instead you politely ask them 
what you know ask them for something that you want they've made a list and also i think restaurants get away with a lot because <laughs> menus are not illustrated they're not portion controlled they don't even tell you all the ingredients when you buy a thing in a supermarket it had there's all these rules it's covered in packaging they can barely fit all the things they're legally required to print on there right like may contain nuts produced in an environment that blah, blah, blah. what do you do with the packaging it contains all these ingredients and these proportions it's all the mystery is gone but in a restaurant you can be like yeah I'd, I feel like the, you know, the the surprise soup. And they'll be like, very good. And you'll be like, well, what's in it? And they'll be like, meh. And then they'll bring you a soup and you have to eat it. Like, that's it. They don't tell you. Here's the ingredient list. And it's like, this, or, this soup much is salt soup. <laughs> it's just some seawater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of uh, crustacean and fish in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's krill. So this stuff, I mean, you don't know. Bit of urine, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that goes without saying. Yeah. But yes, it's very artificial, and I think they're getting away with too much. And then you pay them for the privilege. You will wait an inordinate amount of time. And they've got the food. They've got the food. You could just take it. There's someone sat next to you. They've already got their food. And you're stronger. You could just have it. The advantage is you can see what the food looks like that you're about to take. Right. Yeah. So th- there have to be brave souls who, in the manner of the of the the confident guy in the action film... The, the camera zooms in on him as he stands there and he and he kind of does that like finger wave like come at me motion yeah and then the fighting but just starts. while like slurping up a load of spaghetti on a big string <laughs> <laughs> and waiting for someone to come and just deck him in the mouth so all the spaghetti and meatballs flies out imagine imagine the scene up. in lady and the tramp just as they were about to kiss and then he gets hit by a chair <laughs> <laughs> that poor dog and another dog comes and steals the rest I'm just picturing these animalistic, like, tattooed beef mans, but, like, just, just <laughs> two of them with a steak, like a big old T-bone steak, and they've, they've both got one end in their mouth, and just, <laughs> arr, 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 just tearing at it like dogs. I can see that. But but really, the, the fight starter would be ordering food in the first place, right? Yeah. <laughs> just making your way to the bar with a menu and being like, yeah, I'll have a number seven set meal. But that or would whatever. be, yeah, that would be your way of um, displaying it's... how confident you are in your own strength. A dominance, yeah, yeah dominance. Like You're tail. the alpha male. I can afford to order, not because I'm going to pay for it, but because I'm going to fight all you jackasses off. Yeah. Also, I'm getting the, the most delicious thing on the menu. Try and take it from me. Yeah. Oh, they could have challenge challenge courses every week. Different uh, different types <laughs> of food. There's a plate of spaghetti at the end of an obstacle course. <laughs> You've got to be the first person to reach it. If you do, it's free. But I, I wonder how quickly this restaurant would develop sort of tactics. Because much like in the natural world, there are different tactics that um, that animals can do. So like in some lizards, this is with mating, but like there's some which are really strong and will just sort of take the mate. But there's some who are more sneaky and pretend to be female so they can take the mate. I wonder how many different oh, sort yes. of food strategies you'd get. Because I bet you'd get people who are a bit more intelligent than just beating someone up. You'd get like people who'd lurk and wait for people to get in fights over food, and then they'd steal the food themselves. Yes, absolutely. A bit like hyenas. Yeah, you get the weedy little guys hiding under the table. Yeah, getting the scraps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you get the scavengers exactly. Yeah, you'd get yeah, a whole ecosystem evolving. You certainly would. Eventually, someone is is going to eat the first patron. <laughs> you know, that's I just thought happen. he was. A, I just thought he was uh, on the menu. I'm sorry. Yeah, or just, I, just, I like the idea that that's how I was picturing a guy. You know, the red mist has descended. <laughs> he's just he's got he's got three teeth in in, in his forearm. Someone else's. There's blood all over him again. Oh someone else's. You know, there's a broken chair in one hand, a, a, a chicken leg in the other. <laughs> he stands atop a, a pile of broken tables and broken men, <laughs> triumphantly. 
<laughs> chugging his milkshake. You know, I was picturing this warlord, and eventually, you know, just in the in the sheer rage of the moment, he he kills and begins to consume his rival. But I, I like the <laughs> idea that he would just, yeah, you know, <laughs> chair leg right through the eye or whatever, and he's like, "Gosh, I'm terribly sorry." Oh well, I just I thought he was on the menu. Yeah, waste not, one not. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, at this stage, yeah. I li- I li- going back to the challenges, I like the idea, you know, um, current some current restaurants and cafes and things have like challenge menus. They announce one of those. So they give you a plate and you've got to finish it. And if you do, you get like a huge cash prize or something or like unlimited access to the bar. And so as soon as they bring this thing out, all eyes kind of swivel onto you and you're suddenly like everyone goes for you. In a massive oh, it's like brawl. the power up in uh, Smash Brothers or whatever. Yeah. Like the minute that enters the field, everyone just makes a beeline. It's very violent. Yeah. So that'd be another way of being like ultra alpha male or alpha female. You know, anyone can enter. Well, yeah, absolutely. Or you know, maybe you'd have to segregate the genders. And you could you, you could probably uh, make use of you know certain certain men's uh, hang ups about hitting women. If you go in and you're just like a really buff woman, you could probably take most of them on. I like that idea. I like the idea that um, they're very old-fashioned men <laughs> they're because they're you know very primal, but also yeah, they've got that like oh you don't you don't hit girls, so yeah. yeah. So you know they're... she's just sat there just like filing her nails. There's all this <laughs> shrapnel flying through the air around her. Shattered glass. The chandelier is collapsing. Occasionally and she'll every haul so off often... and punch someone and then take their food, and then they'll just kind of meekly skulk off. Yeah. That's a good image. That was the Hypotheticals podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Hypotheticals. That's Hypotheticals without the R. Follow me individually at Rain Tortoise. That's Rain like the weather phenomenon. And Tortoise like the animal. And you can follow me at Mr. Howell. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. If you've enjoyed this, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Because it really helps. And we'll see you next time. Bye! It's a bit like in very. Yep. That's going in the edit at the end. <laughs> oh, good grief. Oh, it's dangerous letting you have these recordings. It is. <laughs>